time to listen. Welcome to the first Us Two Project podcast. Today, we're going to talk about who we are, what we do, what we plan to bring to the community, and at some point, the world. Today, we're going to be interviewed by Leslie, and she's going to ask you some questions to hopefully give you guys a better idea about what we plan to do for you all. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you for being here with us today. Tell us a little bit about you. Thanks, Tim. Of Leslie Cruz um, with BetterHumans.io, where I pretty much have a website to highlight all of the amazing people in the world doing great things. And that's why I'm here today, to interview you and uh, the Us Two Project to figure out how you all are trying to change the world and help people in your community. So I'm happy to be here. All right. So just to start off, what is the Us Two Project? It sounds pretty straightforward. You want to say us too, but who is us? Okay, us is basically an acronym that uh, we came up with. <clears throat> it basically stands for unbiased, strategic selflessness. So, you know, you, us, us, us too. Those three words create the idea of what it means to us to help people. You can't be biased when you're talking about helping people because we're all people. So it doesn't matter. Skin color isn't really an issue because we want to help anyone, anyone who needs help. That's where we get the unbiased part from. Strategic. The biggest thing about it is we plan to get donations and things like people want to make sure their money is actually helping because everybody works hard for their money. Uh, So the idea of strategic is you actually have to have a plan for what you plan to do with that money. And so you have to be strategic in the approach, what services you're going to offer, things that you're going to put together. So there's a level of coordination, like you say, strategicness. Selflessness, the thing about selflessness, and that's kind of like the most important thing is that just because you're doing okay, it doesn't mean that the next person is. And you say, all right, well, we can't always look at it as a what's in it for me, right? right? It has to be a scenario of, I know that I've had help in my life, so why not do a little to help somebody else in theirs? Because you never know what that situation is. So we all need to be a little selfless and can't take the approach of, this is what I'm going to do only to get something in return. You know, sometimes when you donate, or you support a cause, it's not going to directly be a benefit back to you, but you can see what that does to help other people. And that's what we're trying to do is to show people that, hey, if you get on board with our cause, we're going to do our best to make sure that you can see exactly how we're helping the people. And so you get those three components of the Us Two project. So, okay, so you talk about unbiased strategic selflessness as a means of helping other people and not being, I guess you can say, selfish in who you help, not being biased in who you help because everyone needs help. What made you come to this conclusion? What made you feel the need to start the Us Two project? Well, I mean, really, the need to start the Us Two project was just based off of what me and my friends around me were kind of going through. And and I say that as there are a lot of opportunities for people to get help 
in the world, there is still a separation in health. So when you talk talking about what an average person can go out and get help with, there's always been a definition of you make this much money and you can receive help. And then if you make this much money, well, there's not really much help for you. And then if you have a lot of money, then you really don't need help because you've got a lot of money, right? So that kind of solves that problem itself. So we are in that middle where it's like there's folks out there that make enough to not receive whatever benefits that the federal government offers or the state and local government offers, and they don't have a lot of money. So they're still in that middle, and that's where we are. We're that middle, that middle where the, the, the top folks say, well, you don't really need a lot of help from us because you're working every day. And then you got those people on the bottom who say, man, I wish I could get to that middle. And then you got the middle people looking around and saying, well, we still need something. And it may not be. Absolutely. Tons of money. We're not looking for handouts, but we're looking for something. And that's what the Us Two Project looks to be. We look to be that something that you can come and, and, and get what you need to help you get to where it is you're trying to go. Okay. So this is more so, uh, this is for financial people in the middle, financially in the middle. Yeah, I would say, you know, if we had to classify it as something, I would say yes, more for the folks in that financial middle. I feel like a lot of people will say, but, but, you know, these people work every day, you guys. And I mean, and that's what you hear all the time. And I say to myself, but that doesn't mean you don't deserve help. You know what I mean? Why is it that because I get up, I go to work every day, I pay my bills on time and all of that stuff. I make sure my car notes pay right. that. I can't get a little help, you know what I mean? You know, some people say, hey, look, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where it's like, man, yeah, I get up and work every day, but look, hey, if somebody could give me $150 a month for gas in my car, that would be a big <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I think we all shit. love that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what's what's wrong with that? And I, and I don't think that there's anything, anything wrong with that. Okay. All right. So switching gears a little bit. How, what what do you consider to be the middle? Is the middle a salary that you're thinking? Like this is the middle. Are you thinking that like blue collar versus white collar? What is considered to be the middle to you? See, so for me, the middle is it's kind of like a sliding scale on the middle because if you make thirty thousand dollars a year, but you're taking care of everything that you're taking care of, that puts you in the middle. You know what I mean? If you make $100,000 a year and you've got different things going on in your life, but you take care of what you need to take care of, but you still need a little help, that makes you the middle. You, so it, it's going to be about a process. But again, that comes into what we're talking about strategic, right? We're going to look at people. We're going to evaluate. We're going to have some criteria that we develop as to what makes a good fit for our organization, because we're not going to be able to help everybody. Right. But we are going to have, we are going to be able to evaluate and say, all right, we can help you, but there might be an opportunity where there's another program out there that already exists, another nonprofit, another organization that they may be able to do more for you. We may not be the best fit for everyone, but the goal is, is to have something available for those that can benefit from what we're trying to do. So it is a range in the middle, but I think it's a case by case basis and an evaluation of your financial picture. And can we help you? make your financial space better. 
And that sounds wonderful. I think I, I think a lot of people are falling into the middle, especially now with a lot that's going on in the news about school loans and how even though you could make six figures, if you have those school loans, you're struggling. And I really feel like that's one of the, the ways that the conversation of people in the middle is starting to come up. Also with like job opportunities, realizing now that people aren't, although they're college educated, they aren't always able to get those higher paying jobs. So what do you do when you're taught to put money aside or take out loans to go to school? And then once you graduate, you have to figure out how to pay those loans back. I think services like what us two projects are doing is really great because not only are you trying to say, hey, we may not be the best fit for you, but even if we're not, we're going to try to point you to a direction where you can go um, because there are a lot of people in the middle that are struggling with trying to figure out where they need to go and how to get themselves to a stable financial ground. Right. And that leads into knowledge, right? Knowing where to go, what's available to you, what can be done for you. But at the same time, I find that, and I mean this as kind of no disrespected any charity or any organization that's already out there. But I do find that sometimes there's a lot of help with no solutions. There we go. A lot of the times you run into the fact, I want to do these things, but I don't have the money to do these things because of these other things, whether it's because I'm paying my student loans or because of this or that. The Us Two Project, we could talk to a the face about all these financial things you need to do saving, investing, uh, retirement, you know what I mean? All these things that you can spend all this money on to really solidify your financial foundation for your future. If you've got children for your children, but if today you don't have that money to put it in that place, then it's just talk. So that's that other side of the S2 project is why we need people to donate in that selfless manner because it's one of those things to say we need to put together the money to say all right if leslie can fit into our program and what she needs is real financial assistance we want to have the money to provide you real financial assistance but if what you need is more knowledge because you have the money you just need to know how to better utilize it manage it then we can do that. You know, we're not trying to give everybody money, but we would love to have money if that is what's needed to get you to a better financial foundation. I like the way that's going. It sounds like if you have a dollar and you could spare a dollar, it could help so many people. For sure. I mean, that goes into talking about that power of a dollar, right? A million people give a dollar, then you got a million dollars, right? You know, a thousand people give a dollar, you got a thousand dollars. So it's one of those things that it doesn't have to be a lot of money, but the idea is, can it be reoccurring money? If you're willing to donate us a dollar every month and we can get a thousand people to do that, then that's money that we can use. You know, you definitely can sign up and, you know, if all you have is a dollar, you know, five dollars, even better, <laughs> you know, all of it helps no matter how big or small, but it's definitely an opportunity to provide that opportunity to others. If you're good in your financial foundation, you've got all the knowledge, you've done all the right things, that's wonderful. But 
did you do it by yourself? Mm. You know what I mean? If you had help along the way, then maybe you can help others along the way by donating to a project to help others get the same knowledge you have. If you want to come be part of the project and give your knowledge to others, we welcome that too. There's always an opportunity to bring people in, talk to them, get a different perspective. The more people we talk to, the more knowledge we can amass and the better off we are to help people. My ideas might not be the best ideas. Somebody else might have a better idea. So this will be like a community learning conversation. Right. So this is like a community learning, a community. I don't want to say community bank because it's not a bank, but if you put enough money in the pot, if there is a struggling parent or someone who really does not have gas money to get to work, perhaps think about that person and being like, oh, well, by putting this extra dollar towards this organization, I could be helping someone get to work. Like, that's a real I mean, tangible thing. Yes, but it's more of in a sense, like, if you put this dollar into this organization, it gives us the opportunity to look at this person and say, well, why is it that you don't have the money to put gas into your car? And if that answer is because my baby got sick and medical bills or credit card bills because of whatever your situation was. We can help you by offsetting this expense, right? For a time period, help you move your money around to take care of that thing, to then down the line, put you in a position to afford that gas in your car. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So it's not like we just want to give you money for gas. We're going to look at why you don't have the money and then we're going to look to solve that problem. And that's what you were saying about the solution. People provide services and something to put a Band-Aid on it or to kind of uh, make a situation better in that moment. But you're not looking deeper into what the situation is that got you there in the first place. And that's what the Us2 project is going to do. Right. We're going to look at how you got there and give you the opportunity to try to turn things around. I want to say it up front. If you come into the program and we really help you, you know, we provide you with money to get you to the next level and we give you the knowledge and we say, okay, we feel like you're in a good spot. Do you know, continue with the knowledge that we've given you and move forward once you're in our database and and, and we've helped you you can't come back and get help again mm. because it's one of those things where if we set you up in within the criteria that we've defined for all intents and purposes if you don't do the opposite of what we're suggesting that you do you should be good going forward you shouldn't regress back to the point now i understand major things happen but if you're doing the suggestions that we suggest, you should be prepared for when those un those unknown things happen. That's what we're trying to get you. So this is not a thing where you're just going to coming back and coming back and coming back and thinking you're going to get money, get money, get money. No, because that's, again, that's the strategicness of us project. We just can't keep helping the same people all the time. Right. You know, we give you help. We set you off a foundation and then we send you on your way. Now you can always come back and get knowledge. That's free. But you're not giving me no more money. <laughs> And that's, that makes sense because that addresses like a, a lot of other um, services that are provided 
to people who may not have as much as others. They get criticized because it's like, oh, well, you're just giving them money and they're not learning anything from it. And of course, there are a million different ways to look at that situation. However, what you're saying is if you're coming here for help, it's because you genuinely want to change your financial situation. You genuinely want to build a stronger financial um, future and you want to be stable. So in committing to that, you are committing to following through with the necessary steps that need to be taken so that you don't go back into the situation so that you don't have to struggle like this again, or at least you know where to, where to get it, get more information to get out of that situation. Exactly. And that's, that was put perfectly. Like that's what we're trying to do, you know, and I'm going to say like, plus two project is not created by financial experts. We're not gurus. We're not geniuses. We're just, we're just folks that have tried it and it's working. You know, these are things that, 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 out there but we've kind of filtered through it and brought it down and say you know what this right here is the best the best concepts that we found to help build financial stability we know that it's possible because few of us are living in that stability and then and that leads into a different era of things uh, as far as once you have the money then you have more options of what you want to do. Depending on your life situation, you can do different things. We don't claim to be experts, but we're trying to help others with knowledge of things that we've gathered that my life has led me to learn and understand certain things. Other people's lives have led them to learn and understand certain things. And you may not have learned the same things that I've learned, but the overall picture is I see a group of people, a section of people who are spending a lot of their money on bills and things and such and not being able to take that money and invest in things that are going to solidify their legacy or solidify their future for their family. You have these young kids out here with these massive student loans it delays their ability to purchase their house, especially if they buy themselves, you know, it, it, it delays that opportunity for them investing in that retirement because you're paying a thousand dollars a month to these student homes or yeah. even $800 a month or $500 a month, whatever it is, it's still an amount of money per month that you're paying back to this for what, 25, 30 years. Yeah. But student loan is an issue, and I and I we plan to have a whole show on that just to talk about student loans and options and things like that. But the the overall arching thing is you never know what a person's financial picture looks like, but we are trying to kind of create that financial space for everybody as we evaluate you. That sounds good. We talked a lot about student loans, and I'm looking forward to that episode because I feel like a lot of us, especially, I don't want to say a nat- like an actual demographic, but certain people are impacted by that more than others about having those ridiculously high student loans that you have to pay every month to a point where you don't think that you can ever buy a home. You don't think that you can ever you know, buy a car. And it kind of puts you in this cycle of, will I ever be able to get money to retire if this student loan is not 
paid off in the next 20, 30 years. Like that's approaching my older age. So how do I prepare to retire if that's the case? So what I want to, what I want to do is talk more, not just about the student loans, but talk about more about how we got here. How do we get to this being in the middle? How do we get here, right? People will have their different opinions on how we got here or what happened. But for me, is knowledge, right? Access to information that will help you to avoid certain things. So let's just go all the way back and you start talking about saving, right? And investing your money, right? So I'm not 100% sure. But this was sort of a story that I was told, paraphrasing it, it was a little bit ago, but the concept is still strong. It's the idea, when you were a kid, people gave you money, right? And what did you do with that money? You spent it on things that you wanted at the time. Cookies, candy, snacks, toys, right. shoes, clothes, whatever it was. Because you're a kid, right? you want all the fun things. Exactly, you want all the fun things. But the idea was, Let's say the average person was born, it's 2019 now. So you make a 2019, let's say you was born in the 80s. So that's how many years has gone by, probably around a little over 30 or 40 years, something like that. And let's say from the time that you were born to the time that you were 21, 25, you had somebody to stick in your ear and say, hey, listen, Mm. you're going to get all this money as a kid. Give me half of it. And we're going to put it into an investment vehicle. So investment vehicle, not the same as just saving the money, right? But an investment vehicle. When you look at the history of the market, you have about 10% return on, on the market. If you own some some stock or something like that, you're investing in the market from the 80s till now-ish, it's about 10%. Okay. So if somebody would have known to take your money, parents, uncle, sister, brother, to take portion of your money, put it into an investment vehicle and give you 10% back on your money, how much money could you have had when you graduated college, when you were ready to start college? What kind of advantage is that, you know, to graduate college and know that you've got $100,000 to propel you, you know? And so that's where it starts. That that story leads to knowledge, right? Because we're a product of your parents. Yeah, absolutely. So the importance of certain things is based off of what they feel to be important and what they know. My parents, my family, we knew work, pay your bills, have have as much fun as you can, right? There wasn't a lot of talk about retirement, investment, and owning things, Same. you know what I mean? Land homes, investment properties, these things. There wasn't a lot of talk about that. And my you know, at my dinner table, it was just go to school, get your education, get a job, yep. Pay your bills. Yeah, for my my dinner table was buy a house, get a job, work for the government, <laughs> get an education. Yeah. But right. we didn't have those conversations about retiring and investing. And, you know, I, I know that my father was investing in like CDs. And I only know that because later in life, we found a whole lot of the, what are they called? 
certificates. Yeah, the certificates, yeah. But even with that, like, had I known being younger, had we had that conversation being younger, perhaps I could have bought some when I was younger. But that wasn't anything that we talked about in my household. But also, I don't think that's anything a lot of people of color talk about at the dinner table, too. So, see, and you say people of color, and you know, hey, look, we unbiased. Touche. There are certain. (laughs) <laughs> Look, this people. is my experience, and I know. Yeah. Who have these issues happen more than others? Absolutely. Right? Um, and we can't get around that because we hit us two project. We're not here to lie to people and be like, "Oh, it's all roses." It's not. There are certain people, certain areas, certain groups that are more affected than others. Yeah. But that's the thing where we talk about unbiased and selflessness because the people who don't fit into those groups. We also want you to help donate in, help, you know what I mean? Maybe your parents did give you all the knowledge, but understand that some people's parents did. Yep. So don't be so be selfless and say, you know what? Here's a place that's trying to do that. Yeah. I was fortunate. I was fortunate. Let me help other people kind of catch up or, or get the knowledge that they need to pass on to their children or their nieces, their nephews. It doesn't matter who it is. If I can get information to you, you can get the information to the next person and it works that way. But yes, that's one of those things. It's like, how did we get here? My biggest key is knowledge. Knowledge of what to do with our finances once we have them. How much money can you waste in your lifetime? Think about that. How much money can you waste in your lifetime? You know, the average person working from the time they're 14, 15 to the time they leave this planet may have actually made a million dollars. How much of that did you waste because you maybe didn't want to do with it? You didn't have to make the choice between buying that Benz and taking that $40,000 and investing it and having it be $120,000 15 years from now. Whereas that car, it's nice to drive, but 15 years from now, it's worth $2,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you paid 48 for it because you paid the interest and you paid the value. Don't buy new cars. That's another <laughs> show. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> the point still remains. How much money have you wasted because you just didn't know that there was another way to think about how to use the money that you had? And, and sometimes it takes a different way of thinking about how you use your money. Because even if what you're saving is only $20, that's still $20 that you're investing over time. And that's why we say the knowledge is important. So if you're coming to the program, we're going to help you. But you have to be committed to taking in this knowledge. Because there's no sense in giving you money and then you have the same bad money habits. You have to be willing to think about a different way of doing your finances. Um, I think the, the world gives us an idea of what we should have Versus what we can afford to have. So many people are all about space, right? Space is one of the biggest consumers of our budgets, right? Space. Yep. I want a two-bedroom house 
three-bedroom house, you one person. Why are you paying for all that extra space? So now you sit back like, man, I don't have enough money to do this, to do that. But you're paying for two extra bedrooms that you never sleep in, a basement that you may go into, a living room that you never sit in, a dining room that you might eat in, and a kitchen that you all use all the time, right? All that square footage costs you money. I understand it may be difficult, but you got two children. Do they really need their own room right now? Bunk beds were invented for a reason, right? <laughs> so it's one of those things where people talk about not wanting to sacrifice. And I'm not saying everybody needs to sacrifice. But what I am saying is that you might have the money if you chose a different route. You may not need that big old house. There's options and things out there that you can do yeah. um, with the money you have. But people always say, why not buy a house? I mean, renting is not bad because people have been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Owning a house is not bad, but it might not be what you need right now. Right. You know. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode brought to you by the Us2 Project team. We can be found online at us2project.org, where our mantra is unbiased strategic selflessness, and we believe in helping you establish a better financial foundation. Yeah.